0: Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick.
1: Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith, the Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action We're joined by Phil Nagel. Mr. Nagel lives in Braidwood and is a Republican candidate in the Illinois primary for the 40th District State Senate seat. That seat is currently held by Democrat Patrick Joyce.
2: Of the Chicago Choices.
1: Okay. Uh, The 40th State Senate District includes Chicago Heights, Park Forest, Stager, Crete. Mm Mm-hmm. University Park, Monee, Kankakee, Bourbonnais, Bradley, Essex, Hersher, Braidwood, Wilmington, and Manhattan. Not New York. Uh, What prompted you to enter the race? Why do this?
3: Yeah. Well, that's a great question, and I get asked it a lot. So the the last two and a half years... Has really opened my eyes along with many other parents across the state and across the country. And we realized what a lack of participation in the system actually means and what happens because of it. You know, I used to vote, you know, and, you know, come out and vote in November and, you know, all that. And, you know what? That's not enough. At this Mm -hmm. point in this, at this juncture in our history, we all need to step up and we need to actually become immersed into the process if we want to see the change that we you know want to see the change that we need in this country to you know reset the reset our course and really what started me on this path back in 2020 my son my youngest son wanted to go to the Illinois Math and Science Academy, and he wanted to go so bad. I mean, this was his dream to go there. He wants to be a natural physicist. Obviously, he's smarter than myself. God bless him. He's smarter than all of us in the family combined, probably. Great kid, you know. Just, I mean, just has so much, so many dreams and aspirations. Well, he got accepted into the academy and was excited. And then COVID hit, right? Yeah. And one of the unintended consequences was of remote learning, which is it was his first year at IMSA was. I got to sit in, along with many other parents around the country and the state, and actually witness what they were teaching these kids and what the level of indoctrination is actually happening on these kids. And this is from CRT to this more like the sexual exploitation of what these what's happening to these kids in school. And he, I watched him, oh uh, you know, day after day, you know, be told he was an oppressor because of the color of his skin. I started going to school board meetings. I was laughed at for asking if... You know, can we focus on math and science instead of critical race theory or social, social justice? justice. Yeah, right. and he's going to the
1: math me. and science academy, mm-hmm. and they're not focusing on math and science.
3: No, they're not. And to me, that is an injustice. You know, I, I reached out to the superintendent. I reached, and I, I was told that I w- I had white privilege for asking to focus on math and science. <laughs> I told him, you know. Where does that make sense? I says, my wife is Hispanic and I hate using this whole race thing, right, but right. you know, my oldest son, he was, you know, I adopted him when he was three. His grandfather, or his grandfather was from Mexico. And I told this guy, I said, you know, where's my white privilege? I have been working 12 hour swing shifts out in the, you know, out in the cold, in the heat. I was in the air force before that. And his response was, well, you must suppress your wife. Wow. And I'm not making this up. This is- He said that too. Yes, and so this, I, this, they have become so bold and that they fear, they don't fear the people anymore and not in the fear as way as violence right, or anything no, like that, right. but that we actually have a say in our kids' education. I mean, they have become so bold to where they're just doing what they want, regardless of what the parents, wow.
1: yeah. um, And this is a superintendent who's probably making a minimum
0: of 200, uh, of $200 000, grand. Yeah. More like 300. With 300. 300 yep. right. Full right.
1: benefits, the works. Mm-hmm. And... Their salaries are paid by our real estate taxes. Absolutely. And they don't answer to us. That is outrageous.
3: It absolutely is. I started doing FOIA requests with the Academy. I've done them with the C. I taught myself to do FOIA requests because I believe in transparency. That's the only way we correct the direction of this state and this country. I've done the CDC, I've done the IDPH, you know, FDA, all of them, the yeah. schools, school after school. I'll tell you what, it's really interesting to do a FOIA request on a school that after you talk to them in the school board meeting to see what they actually <laughs> say about you. But it's, uh, you know, it's entertaining. But I've been fighting for a uh, FOIA request from the Illinois Math and Science Academy. After three, three or so months, they just said no. So I put it for review to the attorney general's office. And I just, a couple of weeks ago, got a response from them and they told me it was a fishing expedition. So public information that is ours is not being released to us. So what are, my question is to them is what are they hiding? What's I my, my uh, FOIA request was focused on critical race theory because as a concerned parent, I wasn't running for office at this point. I taught myself how to do FOIA requests and I want it as a parent. And you know what? That was the driving force behind me making this run. That information is public information. And we will get it at one point, and I'm not stopping until we do get it.
2: Are you going to ask to serve on the education committee?
3: Oh, absolutely. Everyone, that I've been, everyone that's followed my journey to this point, they all, under, they all know. That's going to be my committee I'm going after. Amen. Good. A, a,
2: a
1: fishing expedition, and now I'll bet you're on a watch list.
3: Oh, oh. oh I'm sure I am. And you know what? I welcome it. Put me on as many watch lists as you want i'm tired we need to stop being fearful of what the government right. can do to us because at that point when we're fearful of the government that's tyranny the government needs to be fearful of the people and again not in a violent situation but in the respect that we are in control not them and for so long the government has tried to centralize that power in dc and take it away from the states We have the power in this state. The people have the power in this state. The government works for us and we have, I want to say forgotten that, but we haven't pushed the issue and we need to.
2: Yeah, may you and and a number of Republicans take back our General Assembly and and hold these guys accountable. Um, One of the things I want to say to you is uh, when they say that you have white privilege, that's what the left says, right? Mm -hmm. They look at your skin color and Mm -hmm. they make a judgment and they say you have white privilege. Well, our God calls that a blessing. The fact that you are an Air Force veteran uh, tells me that you were willing to lay down your life for our liberties. I don't know how, what kind of privilege the superintendent has. I don't know if he's a veteran or not, but you were willing to do that, and they should have honored you as a veteran. And I will thank you personally, Phil, that you ran, that you uh, served our
3: country. Thank you. I joined. I joined October second, right after 9/11 and because I wanted to serve this country because of what happened and to see to see people I mean to see the People in power just down-talk us. I don't believe in skin color. Like I said, my wife is Hispanic. You know, right. I great, I don't care what nationality and your, is. And your son? My son, yeah. He's half biracial at least, right? Yeah, he's he's 100% Hispanic. Oh, know, his grandfather. <laughs> but so, he's got white privilege is what they said. So here's an interesting story for him, <laughs> and this is what's wrong with our schooling system. He goes to a college, and he went to chapel at this college, and he was told to turn to his right, turn to his left, and apologize to a minority for <laughs> his privilege. And I said, no, This and he did not, and, but this is happening, uh, happening across the state. And we need to stop being apologetic for how we're born that's and amazing. we need to say all of us are equal under the eyes of God. Amen. And we are all, we should treat people by, and we've heard this, you with know, with
2: dignity. And dig, exactly. Ab- everyone is worth, you absolutely. know, and, and I, you, you, did you do anything wrong to what you needed to apologize for?
3: Not that I know of. No, no,
2: historically, you know, neither did I. But if, if we did, we would, right? Yeah. We absolutely. would own it. So I, I don't get this. I, I,
1: <laughs> so if you're elected to the legislature, what are you gonna do about this? What are some steps we could take to say, we need more transparency? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it uh, an education portal where we can check in on the curriculum, what have you? What could happen in the legislature?
3: <laughs> okay, so initially last year when I, and you know, it went from, you know, critical race theory, then it went to our medical freedom, and it's evolved every step of the way because the more you immerse yourself in this, the more you see the problems, and then you see them kind of cascading in a way but I know it's
2: going to be pronouns too oh,
3: gosh yeah but I'm a realist right so I'm not running for state Senate and saying okay well if I get there and we don't we have 18 seats out of 59 right now say we have after this election we had you know 24 well guess what we, we still don't have the majority we that's why the governor's race and the AG's race is absolutely critical to us Amen. but what can I do as a state legislature if we don't in the state legislature if we don't have the numbers I'll tell you exactly what I can do because I'm not going to go down there and sit and do nothing. (laughs) I am going to go down there and I am going to create use the resources awarded to me or afforded to me to teach every parent or every person in the state of Illinois who wants to learn how to do FOIA how to FOIA their schools how to FOIA the institutions that they are not happy with and if we get the right attorney general in there we can enforce open the, those laws we can enforce those so when a review goes to the attorney general's office no more are they going to say it's a fishing expedition they're going to say here's your information and through transparency is how we're going to bring light to springfield and get rid of all in my, my in my opinion the evil that's going on in this state and then aside from that there's one other there's one other approach i'm going to take to um, you know, when I get down there is in 2020, I want to say we had 70 some odd state seats that went unchallenged by Republicans. Right. This time around, I can tell you the first, I want to say first, I might be off of a number or two, first 20 state Senate seats are being unchallenged. Most of them are in Cook County, but that doesn't in matter. In Chicago, right. We need to fight for every Senate That's seat. That's right. So I am going to use all the, again, all the resources awarded to me to start the recruitment process, to start finding individuals. And I, I laugh, I, you know, a lot of people laugh at me when I say this, but it's the truth. I'm going to school, I'm gonna go to school board after school board, and I'm gonna find those parents that stood up and went after these school boards, weren't scared to back down, they had a backbone and they were fighting for their kids' freedom against all the, everything that's going on in the school districts. And I'm gonna pay them a visit or give them a call and I'm gonna say, hey, you interested in joining, you know, running for office and that's how we're we're gonna challenge in 2024 every seat. I'm gonna make sure of it. Fantastic
2: idea, fantastic idea. We we also desperately need, and and if the Republicans ever get a majority, um, school choice in the Mm -hmm. state of Illinois Mm -hmm. so that the resources that are assigned to the schools, per student, actually are following the student instead and so that you can send your kids to other schools in the, you know what they have to compete for those resources oh,
3: what an amazing idea I wouldn't that, that work absolutely school choice is and you know what the best part like you said the schools will be forced to compete so if they're teaching your kids something that they don't want to learn yeah. you can take that kid and move them to a new school then all of a sudden just like comcast just like <laughs> That's right. all these text companies they start competing they start finding and aligning with what the parents' interests are to teach the kids, not their own ideologies. And you will break it, right? You'll break that system, and we will correct it at that point. Homeschooling is another huge— Absolutely. Huge. So we pay, what, 68, 69 somewhere, percent of our property taxes to schools, right? Right. So I've been asked 100 times, well, you know what? My, I don't like this school. Why do I have to pay? Or I'm homeschooling my— Kids, I, I got five kids or four kids I'm homeschooling, but it's, yet I'm paying 68% of my property taxes to the local school How about, district.
2: Some of my neighbors are empty nesters. They, roast, they they raise their kids, they're gone, they're out of the house. They don't need the public schools anymore.
3: Yeah, I'm just throwing this out there. I mean, right. 68, 69%, whatever, you know, whatever that number is, why not, as you get older and, you know, so your kids are out of school, you're not using that school district, we make school choice, right? We start, um, you, we start directing funds where you want them to go. If you're homeschooling, instead of paying all that money to the local school district, let's start moving some of that money back to the parents. Let's give them tax breaks to let them actually have the resources to teach their kids. I mean, the this problem, the solutions to these problems aren't complex, no, and they could be easily handled if you got the right people. And to parents care. would do it
2: more efficiently than the government bureaucrats ever could. And if you've seen the the the, um, the private and, sector, right? the The enrollment of our students are down in our government schools, but yet the administrative um people are on the rise oh yes the the hiring of administrative people it, it's way out of balance we
3: have over i want to say eighty five hundred government units in the state that's we, right we have that's t- right twice the size we are twice the size as far as government units are concerned of texas and what a third of the population i don't know what the i don't remember exactly what the population is but we can actually start consolidating school districts we can actually the money right now is all dedicated to the top of you know, the superintendent's making between, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever that number is. It's an astronomical amount of money. My brother's a teacher, he's making like thirty four, thirty five thousand. The money the money's all being directed to the administration. That's right. That's not right. to the teachers where it and be then the pensions. At. Exactly. Yeah. The pensions are
1: and the diversity advisors and they make big oh, money too.
3: Oh gosh, yeah. I know there's at the Illinois Math and Science Academy, I believe they have five equity officers. Or five e- equity officers. I would say equity officers, coordinators, I don't know what all titles are, but there's a lot of them. And this is a math and science academy.
2: Well, I'm at least I, they're, they're, they're holding true to their name. They're dividing they very are. well, <laughs>
3: aren't they? <laughs> they? Did you know they still have mask mandates at that school? You're kidding There me. was, I think, 60 kids that were quarantined from close contact and all that. They couldn't even attend their uh, uh, graduation And so this is this is actually still going on in our state, even though a lot of us don't see it or recognize it anymore, because we've given a you know the government gave us a break from these mandates because it's election year, obviously. Oh, thank you, government. (laughs) I know, thank you for giving us our freedom back for a few months. (laughs) Wait till you know we got to work hard. We have to. Yeah, the gen the general election is it going to come back, Phil? Oh, we're taking the general, but more importantly than I want to say more importantly than the general, but the primary we have a choice to make. There's That's a right. reason why for the last four decades, Illinois has not turned around. We haven't had a state legislature since the beginning oh. of 2000. And even the-,
2: the We only state, had it for a couple of years. Yep. Exactly.
3: That's right. So there's a reason for it because even when you get, you know, Republicans in there, if you get the wrong Republicans in there that are in there for the wrong reasons, I mean- That's right. There is, you know, time, corruption is bred through time and power. And we need to stop making this a career for these politicians. Bring them in. The establishment. Let's get some ideas out there. Exactly. The establishment. And, Phil, you're going to bring
2: real-life experience with you to Springfield um, and set some of these guys straight because they're not dealing with reality down there.
3: I'll tell you right now, I I never wanted to be a politician. And to be honest with you, I still don't want to be a politician. (laughs) I'm sure at some point somebody will use that in a clip against me. You know, it's fine. Have at it. I'm a real guy. I, I plan on going down there. We need to break the current political system. We have to break it, yeah. and we have to rebuild it with the hardworking men and women of this state. We have to rebuild it on their backs because they are the ones that are invested, have skin in the game, and wanna see a good future for their kids because this is ultimately what it's all about. We have to preserve this state and this our freedoms for our kids because guess what? And. We're, we're older, right? We're getting older. We've had a taste of that. And, you know, I remember when it was, what it was like well, to be What young. was your
1: first clue? My white hair? I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. Getting I'm some going salt pretty quick here, there too. too
3: yeah. <laughs> but, um. So it
2: sounds like Phil's on a, a man on a mission, doesn't it, Monty?
1: It sure does. Boy, we've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to take a little bit of a time out. Um, you are currently employed in the chemical and manufacturing energy sector, right? Correct. Want well, to talk a little bit about that and what's happening in Illinois to energy. Oh, I don't know. This. That's a pretty small topic right now, right? Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We'll take a timeout and continue our conversation with Phil Nagel, who is uh, running in the 40th State Senate District. He's a Republican candidate for state senator, and he needs to be elected.
2: Amen.
0: More after this. Babies are people, not things. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with a point. In a recent interview with Today, one actress revealed that she paid a surrogate to carry twin boys for her because to be pregnant herself would jeopardize her career. Often, arguments for surrogacy paint pictures of childless couples yearning to be parents. But even that sad situation doesn't justify taking a baby from the body that bore him or her. The real stories of surrogacy often look more like this one, the wealthy paying underprivileged women to bear their babies so as not to interfere with what they want. At least this actress was honest. She paid a surrogate because, quote, she was terrified of putting my life on hold for two years. Even aside from surrogacy's inherent exploitation of women and babies, this kind of story raises an important question. What exactly does our culture think parenting is? Parenting involves laying down our lives for our children. For a whole lot of years, children are human beings with their own inherent rights and dignity, including the right to their mom and dad. I'm John Stonestreet. Hail and well met. I'm Alyssa. I'm Eliana. I'm Kenna. And I'm Jenna. We are four females who, by discussing and dismantling subjects prevalent in the Western culture, want to make truth self-evident once again. We want to make current cultural events and worldview issues relatable to our peers and point all those listening to the gospel and what the Bible says. We are available on any platform you find a podcast. So please leave us a review, follow us on all the social medias, and please give us a listen. Self-Evident, dedicated to speaking truths that were once self-evident and doing so in love.
1: Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larry here once again with David Smith. I'm here. He's still the executive director of the Illinois (laughs) Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Uh, We're joined by state uh, Senate candidate, Phil Nagel, he's a Republican running in the 40th State Senate District, uh, True Blue Conservative. And uh, you've got a website, Phil?
3: I do. www.Nagel4Senate.com, F-O-R. Um.
2: Nagel, N-A-G-E-L. Yep. For?
3: F-O-R. Senate.
2: Senate. Senate. Yes, sir. All right.
3: Okay.
1: And i um, going to find out some good information there. I, I looked it over.
2: so. It and is. if you want to make a donation, you're welcoming donations of Absolutely.
3: any size, right? Any size. Any size. Sm- the smaller the better, as I will say, because you know what? these That means that you actually, you know, the smaller the I don't want to say the smaller the donation, but, you know, in these times... The economy is tough on people and right. you can't afford to come out there and say, you know, when you're paying $100 to fill your gas tank or $150 right. to fill your gas tank. Right. Unless not, you're King grip. I'm Griffin. not going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm not going to walk up and say, hey, I want $100, $200, you know. Right. You know, 3 4 5 bucks. I mean that goes a long ways because it shows that you're you're investing yourself, you're interested. Well, let, let
2: me challenge our, our listeners, you know, at least $10 to give them at least a gallon and a half to get around, okay? <laughs> let's, let's do that. How about that? $10. And,
3: and maybe
1: you don't live in Phil's district, but you're saying you know, we need to take control of the legislature or at least in, improve the situation a little bit in
2: our legislature. Well, we need somebody who is, is a true believer, who's motivated by the right things. He sees what's going on in the government schools, and he says, this can't continue. And then you, you as you, you, you've been around, how long have you lived in Illinois?
3: Um, my whole life, minus my Air Force career. Right. So, so okay. Yeah.
2: So um, you've seen the corruption. You've heard about the corruption mm-hmm. in Illinois. And you want to make a change. And this is the time you said, I got to step up because nobody else is.
3: Absolutely. There, that's a, it's a, common, a commonality around the entire state right now is, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, you know, 70-some seats or so were not challenged in the 2020 election on the state level. Well, this time we have a unique opportunity because the last two and a half years, again, is one of the unintended consequences are, it showed the entire country and the state what's happening. And now there's parents, business owners, veterans, there's people around, grandparents, stepping up to run for office for their very first time. And I'll tell you right now, the establishment absolutely loathes us. <laughs> they do, and I'll be, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be out front with you. I mean, most of us that have started running, we all have primaries now. Because obviously there's not a interest in the normal average every. They don't person. want an
2: independent thinker down there. They need a puppet.
3: Oh, absolutely. How are you going to further <laughs> an agenda? You know, how are you going to? You know, most. I want to say a lot of state legislature. You know, legislators go down there. And why do they go down there? So they go down there. Did any of them miss a paycheck during COVID? No, none of them missed a paycheck. I work at a uh, or I volunteer when I can't schedule permitting at a food pantry in town. I washed. Uh, during the height of COVID, anywhere from a hundred to four hundred families lined up at this food pantry, wow. which is it's un- unreal. And this is a small town in mm-hmm. Braywood. And uh, about oh, I want to say two or three months ago, I was there, and there was a whole line about hundred families outside. I think is what we t- any number the n- number was, and it just opened up. This is quite the production they do for the uh, um, uh, food pantry too. I mean, it's got so much food. This guy that runs this place, he p- puts everything into this to feed Good. the families in Good. the community, and it just opened up on these outside you know it was like a monsoon outside and it was about 20 minutes before the doors opened for this food pantry and I'm like okay everyone must have left so we're gonna have to clean up and you know break the stuff down and put it away and I opened the doors and all hundred families were still out there oh with my. their kids standing in the rain for food this is what's going on we have uh, state statelet uh, is Springfield that doesn't miss a paycheck they don't they're not outside trying to get food for their families and then we have families standing in in monsoons just for you know to feed their put food on the dinner table for their kids.
2: And yet our state lawmakers passed uh, a bill to continually raise our gasoline taxes
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, every single year According to inflation, in right? In July,
3: right? I in July,
2: so. that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so they're so out of touch. They're tone deaf. They're not paying attention to what's going on in the industry. And and Monty, you 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 had made the point that uh, we should talk to them about energy mm-hmm. and this big push here. Yeah. I think it's intentional. When president uh, When President Biden was asked about the gasoline prices, he made the quip, "We'll go buy an electric car." I mean, like, like we can just put down forty, fifty thousand dollars, or more, or more, on a new car. I mean, nobody. I mean, my family can't do that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have. I'll be honest with you. I have solar panels on my house. Okay. And it does well during the summer, just to kind of sure. for the, to help the energy. But come every winter, come November, they can't keep up, and it's. I mean, so I see. I can see both sides. I don't see both. I see the side where, well, let's go green. We're not there yet. Right. We are absolutely not there yet. And when you plug your electric car into an outlet, the energy doesn't automatically just magically appear. It's <laughs> from coal plants. It's from oil. It's from the you know nuclear, nuclear yep. Exactly, this, yeah. so we're not there. You know, in 30 to 100 years, maybe we will be there. But we're not there right now, and it's naive to believe that we are and that we can transition 100% to I love the idea of solar
2: panels, too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, February happens to be, in January, pretty cloudy around here.
3: Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) cold. And I'll tell you, a lot of snow, like I said, I I know personally. Oh, and the snow covers, yeah. snow covers them. You're not seeing that energy produced. You're not.
1: Well, you were an F-16 fighter jet crew chief during your service in the Air Force, and you're currently employed in the chemical Manufacturing energy sector. Mm-hmm. Well, Inter- Illinois became the first Midwest state to adopt a law that sets a roadmap to ban coal in our state, eliminate so-called fossil fuels. That's what their terminology. In
2: Southern Illinois is a big producer of coal.
1: All toward the goal of so-called clean energy. Uh, have lawmakers? You've kind of alluded to it overstep the threat to the environment that our current fuel system has. Uh, and uh, would you support like any kind of legislation that would mitigate the possible negative impact that this law will have on Illinois consumers and the availability and the reliability of cost-effective energy in Illinois?
3: I am hundred percent for coal for you know manufacturing and the legislation and the legislation that they're currently putting out there is like you alluded to it's wrong we're going the wrong direction the carbon footprint in this country has not as many of them you know come out and tell you it's not expanding like they want you to believe and if it was you wouldn't see any of them flying private jets around the country (laughs) Uh, they the carbon footprint or the you know, pollution as, you know, they call it, is apparently, it's, it's only directed to the blue collar workers of this state. Mm. It doesn't affect them. They can do whatever they want, obviously. They can take away your, you know, your manufacturing jobs. They can, they can just, and they'll do it under the guise of clean energy. These clean energy bills, a lot of them, if you read through a lot of them, what they pass, even on the federal level, have very little to do with, you know, um, I what's the best way to say it? More of it's just a guise for them to get what they want. So, you know what? We can keep more you- More power. More power, we centralize that power. We can yes. keep you guys locked down, That's or we right. can keep you not driving here, or we can make you do this. And on the flip side, we can do whatever we want. Sure. They can do whatever they yep. want. So there's an illusion there, right there. Clean energy isn't the bill they make it out to be, but obviously they are going after coal industry. They are going yeah. after energy. We, do, we, we need to stop that. And
2: they're using the politics of fear.
3: You know, oh, global
2: warming, we're going to have the seas rising and this and that, yet we see the lake level going down here in Chicago. I mean, we, uh, what? Yeah. I thought the sea levels were rising. No, the lake is going down. All right, wait a minute. Also, regarding coal, they have developed technology. They have scrubbers on the stacks mm-hmm. And, and it's not producing the pollution it once did way back when in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the what's coming out of those stacks are now mostly steam right
3: and there's regulation epa regulate only uh, environmental protection i mean there's regulations as far as how much you can emit and if you violate those there's fines to pay you're not going to be able to operate a manufacturing site with mm-hmm. um you know with what they're saying you know we're not polluting like they say we That's are. That's right. I mean it's a way. It's a fear tactic, like you mentioned. And
2: what do you think about nuclear power?
3: I love nuclear power. We have. I live in Braywood, and there's a nuke plant right there in Braywood. and it You're is. You're not glowing. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. The fish. <laughs> Turn off the lights. Sometimes it glows. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, it's it's a safe, clean energy. It is, and the sad thing is what the Democrats in Springfield do every whenever their contract expires is. They use this clean energy you know oh, if you want to keep the nuclear plants operating then we want this 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 and this and you will look at the republicans down there and they'll say well we have to you know keep the you know the nuke plants running we have to because they understand what the consequences are is if That's we right. close them and so many times because there's a super majority of democrats in every every everywhere down springfield that the Republicans will sign on to this because they want to keep the new plants open, but there's so much, you know, yeah. pork tied into it or special interests tied into these bills, where then that little, later on they'll say, okay, this Republican voted for this bill, and look what's in it. So it is. We need to stop adding so much to these bills but and just focus on topics. But are we going to have,
1: you know, maybe two, three years from now? blackouts here in Illinois because of this green energy policy signed into law by Governor And on top of
2: that, my electric and gas bill is ridiculous, and they're saying already that there's going to be rolling blackouts like there were in Texas and California. Where do we live? Do we live in Eastern Europe or the where are we a former Soviet Republic? What's going on here? Well,
3: not California. No, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can tell you this if we leave the Democrats in power, right? Right? Uh, we will be experiencing rolling blackouts. We will be seeing that uh, you know, you, you laugh when you say it's $10 a gallon gas. It's <clears throat> completely plausible that we see that $10 a gallon gas. There it's life for, as we know it for the middle class, the working class. Is going to be unsustainable, and for those that live, you know, at a lower income level than the middle class, I mean, it's going to make it very challenging. So they, you know, they campaign the Democrats to sit on fifteen dollar hour minimum wage. Well, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of fast food companies paying fifteen dollars, but what does that get you nowadays? I mean. Couple of gallons of gas. Well,
2: what it gets you is is a smaller staff working that restaurant, yep. and a longer wait time for the customers. Absolutely, I can tell you that right now because they can't afford to pay four people fifteen bucks an hour, so they got to cut down to two people and, at fifteen mm-hmm.
3: bucks an hour. And how are you going to afford to drive to that place of employment with five dollars <laughs> a gallon gas and to That's make right. you know a couple you know? So there's a lot of problems. If we leave the Democrats in power right now, we will experience enrolling blackouts. We're going. to... See, this is, in my opinion, this is the we are at the precipice because the Democrats know what's on the line this time around, and if we don't correct that and change course, then 2020 20, or 2024, I mean, they will have their supermajority. They'll continue to ex- ex- expand on that. We will all be, you know, literally. I forgot who was a Charles Schwab or uh, said we'll be broke and we'll be happy about it really? or something along those lines, but. That's their goal. They want all of us to be subservient. Right. to what, dependent on them. Exactly, that's right. because if you're dependent on the government, the government has the power, oh, yeah. and that's the definition of tyranny. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, let's um, turn to something else here. You describe yourself on your website as a Second Amendment defender. Hmm. So what do you say to defend your position in the wake of these mass shootings and the everyday carnage on the streets of Chicago and other big cities? <laughs> I mean how do you connect with voters in your district who are saying, well we got to do something about this?
3: So the solutions again are simple. So you look at you look at national statistics, you look at DC you look at baltimore detroit chicago we make up those four cities make up 25 percent of the homicide crime or the shootings wow. slash, uh, homicides in this country wow. and they have the strictest gun laws on the books so how do we fix that i'm not telling, i'm not saying oh let's flood the streets with guns i'm not saying that at all what you what you have to do is you have to prosecute these, these violent offenders you have to keep them locked up there's no more kim fox letting you out every time you know they're very. I think 80% of the homicides in Chicago go unsolved. I believe that's what the number last number that's I saw crazy. was. So what, what do we have to do, right? I actually, my son, both my sons went to a public school in Braywood, and we have a lot of a public school officer there, and he was a retired Navy SEAL. I never once, you know, thought about, you know, are my kids safe at school? I this guy was amazing. He did a great job. But he was one for the district, not one for the school. So in my opinion is we need to legislate and get public safety officers. We have military veterans that could do it. We have you know, Retiring retired police, police officers, officers, officers that can absolutely. do it. Absolutely. One per school, if not more. We can do this. If we can guard banks, if we put it this way, if right. we can guard politicians with guns to keep them safe, we sure as heck can <laughs> guard our kids with right. the Amen. proper resources Amen. to keep them And they're going to say
1: we can't afford to do that. That put a police officer in every school, but by golly, they can afford to keep these diversity officers and you know uh, three or four of those folks and uh, what do you
2: say to those people who say you know 18 year olds shouldn't be able to um, to get a AR or a, you know AK47 um, how old were you when you joined up with the military I
3: was 18, 18. I might just turned 19 somewhere right there all
2: right so you were out there at that age I just graduated, but yeah. you so so the government said you were mature enough to join the military mm-hmm. but now some of these democrat lawmakers are saying but you shouldn't be trusted with a uh, an AR because it's too powerful
3: yeah, so these this, what we need to do, there obviously is a gun, not gun problem, there's a violence problem. That's right. And violent, if you're a violent person, it's in your heart, it's it's in your mind. It's not, you're going to exactly find a way right. to carry out what you want to carry out. So how do we curtail this um, violence issue in Chicago? It's not rocket science. You start, we had over a thousand police officers, you know, leave because that HB 3653, the right? new supposed Safety Crime Act. I've done over seven ride-alongs with police departments throughout this district every one of them is we need to repeal that. That's the first thing we have to do when we get in office, repeal that, legis- that bill because it's so toxic. And it cha- you know, for instance, it changes all your class B and C misdemeanors into ticketed offenses. So essentially somebody can you know, break a window or criminally trespass into your house and they're getting a ticket. They're not going to jail no more. We're not even gonna, uh, they're not even gonna have to pay if they do on a rare occasion, go. the, you know, the offense supports them bringing, you know, going to jail they get out on no bond. It doesn't cost to bond out. So we have real issues from there. There isn't a conscious and coordinated attack on our police. You know, police in this state. And if this bill is allowed to go into effect, I talked to a sheriff the other day, and he actually has they've had they have numbers they think that they're looking at 20 to 25 percent of the police departments law enforcement across the state leaving the state in 2023 if this bill is in fact allowed to oh absolutely and Mm -hmm. then
2: who's vulnerable and and okay i'm sticking with the gun issue when um seconds counts now police are not just minutes away but they could be multiple minutes away because they're spread thin you know so who's got to be responsible for the, our own safety, we have to be right. Yes,
3: and it, I, I, you know the way they're going after our guns as well. Yeah, I mean you're, it's going to be hard for you to be responsible for you know safety in your own house if they try to get, take your guns away.
1: Spread so thin mm-hmm. that the federal government will step in and have a federal police force.
3: <laughs> well, isn't that isn't that oh, the goal, that's right? That's scary. That's it's, scary. Let's centralize the police, right? That's so right. then you can have complete control of the entire country. Not I mean, a good idea. It's not, It's not rocket science to see what these people are doing in government right now. They're centralizing the power the best they can to have control over the entire country. That's
2: right. We're we're running out of time, but before we leave, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to take two recordings here. Just hold on real quick. Number one, the Supreme Court, as you know, just overturned Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court is posed, let me say it again. The Supreme Court is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade now. Illinois is going to become an, a destination point because all the states around us are going to either restrict or outlaw abortion. And so people are going to come to Illinois as a destination point. What do you hope to do as a pro-life Christian lawmaker in Springfield?
3: I'll tell you right now that I mean right there's a short answer and a long answer to this <laughs> okay. obviously but right now what they're doing with abortion I mean you got third trip your abortion in a right. third trimester you're essentially a live fully developed baby you're aborting and we've we've all seen videos yes. I mean it's disgusting this is an actual human life that they're taking from And J.B.
2: Pritzker is cheerleading that along with Patrick Joyce.
3: Absolutely. And you know what? You actually, I heard a, um, I believe it was a uh, attack ad on, I believe it was Darren Bailey that said, oh, you're trying to protect the unborn. I mean, that's literally the attack ads they're using on And they use that language,
2: unborn baby. I heard that. Yes. And I'm sitting there going, oops, they made a mistake there.
3: <laughs> so what do we got to do? We got to get enough Republicans and good Republicans in office to actually start to curtail this because you are absolutely right once these once this Roe v Wade is overturned at the federal level you're going to see everyone coming to the state of Illinois and I will say this the in my opinion when they when they the Roe v Wade first hit and the you know Supreme Court ruled on it that was in my opinion when the Supreme Court first started taking and legislating from the bench, that's really where I believe it really started happening. And it should be the state's level. So from an abortion standpoint, from all your – we should have the power. And you know what? That empowers the people because the people can vote their conscience then inside the state, and that's what represents them. I am – the abortion thing is like I said, it's cruel. It is absolutely, absolutely. cruel what they do to the unborn. Well, in this country. I want to encourage and you,
2: when, once you're down in Springfield, to use your seat as a place to educate people on the humanity of the unborn. Because um, a lot of people, um, I heard Lila Rose say this on Tucker Carlson's show, that um, 90% of pro choicers, once they hear what an abortion really is, a description, they change their mind,
3: or watch a video, or
2: watch a video exactly. I mean, you will
3: have a complete. A lot of this is, uh, a lot of the support for abortion comes off because you watch the news. Yeah. Once you turn the news off, yeah. and you start reading and doing your own research on yes. it, it becomes you'll if you see an abortion and you actually see what they're doing, it will probably ninety nine percent of. The ch- you know, at the time, change your opinion on Absolutely. it because it's grotesque what they're doing to Absolutely. these babies. It is literally grotesque. It isn't a lump of shells.
2: It's it's a human being with arms and legs and yeah. has ten little fingers, ten little toes. Most of the time,
1: yeah. ex Air Force and our militaries getting woker and woker.
2: Mm-mm.
1: What are your thoughts?
3: Well. I am absolutely against the wokeness in the military. I'll give you an example, of, and I mean, so much the wokeness side of things. My son, my oldest son is a senior in the at Olivet, and he is a senior in the ROTC program. He was supposed to go last year. He's supposed to, you know, over the summer, every summer, they do like an officer commissioning program where you, it's like a boot camp for officers in college for an ROTC program. And he was canceled last year because of COVID this year. He's supposed to be graduating and getting his commission and going to this officer's training school this summer. He was just denied it because his religious exemption to not be um, vaccinated with the COVID shot is not has That's not anything. been denied or accepted. But it's only this is only done the boot camp part of it only over the summer. So he is now he he has worked his. I don't say he's worked very tremendously hard for this. This is all he's wanted to be an officer in the army. And now he's had that taken from him. He's on hold now till next year. And that's only if they decide to let him in at that point. It could still be no whereas he would wait a year and they say we're gonna drop you from the program. Right now, as most of you guys know, they're actively discharging members of the military for not vaccinating and they're denying almost almost every I think the last numbers I saw. Two religious exemptions were taken out of four thousand in the army, so my son is actually, you know, in the military side of things. He's experiencing this and the wokeness, for say, the
1: rejecting good people, yes, who could serve our country mm-hmm. and protect us, because they're too
3: daggone woke. I saw a, I saw an article. This one just will blow your mind. I read the other day, and they're kicking people off for not vaccinating. They're not letting people in that choose not to vaccinate. And then the ones that are in that have vaccinated, there's a huge number of them that have developed like myocarditis and yep. heart issues. Yep. And now they're being exactly. discharged because of the heart problems. So, I mean, you can't make sense of what's going on right now. Oh, my goodness. Weed. It's
2: almost as though it's intentional, what they're doing. The well, left is dismantling everything.
1: China will protect us. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Wow. I know they, they are. They, it's either gross incompetence or intentional uh, or, or intentional. And I as much as I don't believe in what the Democrats are doing, I think they are leading us down the wrong path and in a you know, very, you know, bad way. But, you know, it,
2: once I thought they were just plain foolish. Now I think they're dangerous.
3: They are what they're doing to this country. I mean, I, like I said, this election this primary and this election we are on the precipice because Absolutely. we can't sustain another two years of this in this country no one can we, it will we will come out if we can't carry this election in Illinois and at the federal level come this um you know June November I mean we really stand the you know realistic fact that we could be coming more out in 2024 like China than mm-hmm. the United States these people don't want to relinquish their power, no, and don't. with the amount of voter integrity issues going on, they're gonna put it all on the all on the line. They're gonna go full board because they know what's at risk. They risk losing their power, and they won't let it happen.
1: Well, they don't want to relinquish their payoffs from the Chinese communist. Well, no, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Well,
2: well you heard it right from Phil Nagel, and there is a reason why we endorse your candidacy for the fortieth uh, seat, fortieth district, uh, <laughs> Illinois Senate District, and and hopefully you will get the nomination this January or June twenty eighth. Let me say that again. Um, we're praying that you get the nomination on June twenty eighth, and that you will face off against Patrick Joyce, and retire him in November. Uh, and uh, assume that seat and do exactly what you're talking about right here. bring that passion, your life experience uh, to the, and your white privilege to the <laughs> Illinois Senate uh, and set some of these guys straight. So Nagel for Illinois
3: right yep Nagel for Illinois state Senate. okay is my email sorry and then Nagel for Senate is my email. all right let me do that again okay
2: Nagel for com. Is your your website? So you welcome people to join there, learn more about him there, send him an email, and send him at least 10 bucks, okay? That's what we're asking.
1: All right. Uh, Let me ask you this. you were in the Air Force, part of an F-16 fighter jet crew. Mm-hmm. Top Gun. Have you seen the new Top Gun movie? <laughs> I
3: am at, so I was actually I had all the kids lined up to go last night because with, between the campaigning and I worked a twelve-hour <laughs> swing shift as well, getting all of our schedules together, and I wanted to watch it with the boys and their girlfriends. Uh, I was supposed to do it yesterday, and ended up staying out all day doing signs and campaigning canvassing. Today, after this, I'm going to go put up more signs, and then by 7 o'clock tonight, we will be going to watch that movie. <laughs> All right. So. At an IMAX? Uh, I don't know about IMAX, <laughs> but we are going to find some comfortable chairs. Yeah, there you go. Very so. good.
2: Very All good. All right. Well, That'll thank, be fun. Thank
1: you, Phil, yeah. and much success in your campaign. Thanks and for having me Thank you me for on. putting your neck out there.
2: Yeah. and running.
1: You, you don't need this, but you think Ser- you're
2: serving our country once again. Yeah. And Thank you, you yes. want to
1: serve once again. Absolutely.
3: And we got to have some fun with this. We That's have right. to. We can't no. let the politics overtake us. All we right. have to fight back.
1: Well, Dave, uh, we have a website where people can find out some yes. great information
2: So first, I want to give the election. ifiaction.org. You can and backslash endorsements. You can get our entire list of endorsements right there. Find out who we've endorsed in your area. Or you can go to IllinoisFamily.org and click on our voter guide, and you can research the candidates yourself based on their responses to questions that we've asked them.
1: Yeah, to go to voter resources.
2: That's right. And then you can make up your mind on who you want to vote for. Um, But, uh, you know, we've done a lot of research on it as well. So if you trust us, check out IFIaction.org and our endorsements, and away you go.
1: And before we close off, we need to tell folks, get your tickets now or register now. Yes, for the October
2: 28th banquet with Kevin and Sam Sorbo. Uh, They're going to go quick, so um, we don't anticipate uh, having tickets after Labor Day. And and you want to get them early because there is an early bird special going on.
1: Speaking of early bird, we will be serving chicken, so. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The bird bird
2: will be cooked. There we go.
1: All right. Thanks once again, Phil Nagel. And he's running in the 40th State Senate District. uh,
2: Replace Kevin, or not Kevin Joyce. Patrick. To to replace Patrick Joyce.
1: Patrick Joyce. All right. And he has the IFA endorsement. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Do tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. And until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless.
0: All right. Thank you. That's it. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at